This is Trice Talk Midipod for a Wednesday night, August the 25th, 2021, and I'm your host, Donald Wayne. Minipod, that gap filler between episodes of Trice Talk, if you will, a mini version of our regular show where I limit the subjects as well as the time for the show itself. Sometimes. If you've listened to me, you know that some of the shows will run longer than the other. But anyway... Hey, everybody, thanks for checking out this episode of Minipod. Uh, something I say quite often on Tristalk and on Minipods is that there is so much going on today for us to talk about. I sometimes have a hard time picking subjects for a show. The truth is we are living in a disconcerting time in our country and, and really in the world in general. The crisis in Afghanistan brought about and great part by our departure, America's departure. COVID spikes are becoming more frequent in our country and across the globe as well. Our southern border crisis, which has been greatly overshadowed the past couple of weeks, even though the the insanity and the number of people we are, are letting into this country is alarming. And let's not forget about the ineptitude of many of our elected officials who to get a grip on things that in this country while they pander to the issues they think will keep them in office. So when I find an article that I want to share that isn't about any of those issues, I in no way mean to slight those other issues or imply that the subjects I'm covering is more important than those others. But in many ways, the subjects discussed in this article that I'm about to share with you is relevant on a lot of levels in our country today. After I finish the article, hopefully you will see the tie into many of the issues that I feel like liberals are pushing today. I came across this article in the Epic Times, which I think does a good job of trying to shed some light on an aspect of slavery that we don't hear about in all the ranting from our liberal socialist mouthpieces today in this country. The title of the article is Canada's Slave Trade. Now, there's one that you probably didn't think that you would ever hear. And this this article is a commentary, actually, by William, uh, I think that's Gardner. 
It's spelled differently than James Gardner, but it looks, I would say it's probably William Gardner. And he, this article was published on August the 24th, which was yesterday. Gardner is a best-selling author living near Toronto. His latest book is Beyond the Rhetoric. And he has a website, which is williamgardner.ca. I don't think I've ever seen that website before. But uh, let me, uh, I got to switch over here. Bear with me for a second. I always have to do this. I apologize. It's just, I can't set it up ahead of time. Uh, Not with the system I've got here. So, like I said, this is a commentary by William Gardner, uh, a Canadian. I guess you got that right. So he starts out saying, slavery in Canada? How could it be? A little booklet called Slavery and Freedom in Niagara by Arthur Michael Powell, Power, I'm sorry, <laughs> of Welland, Ontario, landed on my desk and got me going on this subject. In school, we learn only that Canada, the good, served as a kind of holy land for persecuted slaves who escaped from a barbaric USA. This has created an unjustified belief in our moral superiority. Um, He's talking about Canada, I'm sure. For around the year 1780, there were an estimated 4,000 blacks living in the Canadian British colonies, of whom about 1,800 were slaves. Canada's first anti-slavery law of sorts of July the 9th, 1793, did not actually outlaw slavery. It was called an act to prevent the future indoctrination of slaves. In other words, slavery, slavery would remain legal, but no more slaves could be imported to Canada. Now, it's easy to spring to judgment on all this until we recall that slavery practiced at some point prior to this century by almost every known civilization and defended by Plato and Aristotle as natural was until very recently protected by international law. In the 18th century, even freedom philosopher John Locke argued it was morally preferable to the death penalty, which is what many slave captives might otherwise have received. And it's easy to agree that ancient slavery, which was primarily based in the practice of enslaving surrendered enemies who had slaughtered your sons and raped and killed your women, was humane and profitable compared to slaughtering them in revenge. Slavery was widely practiced in Africa for millennia by black tribes that sold blacks to each other, to Arabs and to whites. The U.S. Census of 1830 records that 10,000 slaves were owned by free men of color. Often the first thing a freed slave would do if he got enough money was buy himself a slave. The last nations to outlaw slavery were those on the Arabian Peninsula in the 1960s. When Columbus arrived in the New World in 1492, he discovered that slavery was already widely practiced by the 
local Tiano, Arawak, and Carib tribes, along with cannibalism and torture. Many American and Canadian Indian tribes, such as the Tonkwa of Texas or the Quatiuil of British Columbia, had been slaveholders or cannibals or both since forever. At the time of white conquest, up to 15% of the Quakatul were slaves to their own powerful chiefs. White Europeans arrived in Mexico horrified to discover an Aztec civilization built on slavery, human sacrifice, and cannibalism of thousands of slaves per year. As for pioneer Canada, power writes that slave owning was widespread among the emerging political and social elites of Upper Canada. Peter Russell, Matthew Elliott, and many other distinguished men who sat on the Legislative Council of Upper Canada each owned dozens of slaves. Most sought to protect their right to own slaves by arguing that a slave was legally owned property and the right to own property was basic to all free societies. Courts that took away legally owned slaves could then take away land or homes, couldn't they? And then tyranny would reign. Farmers ask, who will compensate us for our freed slaves and the lost benefits from slave labor? Many settlers were loyalists who came to Canada because government had promised them cheap land on the condition that they clear it. So slaves were purchased specifically for that purpose. The government had lured them. Was the government now going to ruin them? An irony on the history of slavery in Canada is that many individual U.S. states, Delaware, Michigan, Rhode Island, and Connecticut, had banned slavery slavery outright 20 years before Canada prohibited only the future importation of slaves. So the state of Michigan power rights became an instant haven for slaves escaping from Upper Canada. Canadian slave owners complained bitterly, imploring our lieutenant governor to stop what was in fact a reverse underground railroad. He refused. A friend expressing his instant moral repugnance asked, how could they not see the immorality of it? I replied, just like we do not see our own. Slaves were legally defined as non-persons. Future historians will surely wonder at our own tortuous moral and uh, legal chicanery granting modern mothers the legal right to vacuum out or even crush heads and tear limbs off young babies in their own wombs. They do this so easily only because an unborn human is defined in our criminal law as a non-person. Ironically, it's the very same modern liberals who so violently deplore slavery, who as violently depend the right to abortion on demand. They don't see their immorality. Neither did slave owners. Are we much better off? Physically in the sense that we're not owned, yes. But if we ask about control, the answer may be less pleasing. In past times, 
Though less than 5% were slaves, the average citizen, white or black, was quite free of the countless thousands of meddling laws and controls that deeply invade our persons, property, and privacy, and they had to pay not a penny of income tax. Yet today, entire populations in the free world are tax slaves to massive governments for more than half of every year of their lives and face real physical imprisonment if they refuse to pay. If you're forced to surrender all your income to government, you're certainly a slave. So then what are you when forced to surrender up half your income? Surely the answer is that you're half a slave. Physical ownership of persons is not necessary to control them. That's why the American revolutionist Josh, Josiah Quincy in 1774 cried out against what was then the very deeply shocking idea of taxing human work. He said, I speak with grief. I speak it with anguish. I speak it with shame. I speak it with indignation. We are slaves. He deplored chattel slavery of the few, but especially the tax slavery of all. Now, that's a fairly short article. Something interesting that I didn't see till I got to the end of it was that this article was first published in 1996. It appeared in the Edmonton Journal in 1996, which helps explain his reference to the prior century about slavery, which confused me the first time I read it, but now it makes sense since this actually first appeared in 1996. All right, so how does that apply to today? I mean, it's it's not earth-shattering by any means, but it it... it well, let me just let me just go through it this way. There have been a number of times that I've wanted to address this issue of the history of slavery, since it's a topic that liberals are using to force their agenda on the American public all the time. I mean, it it is tied to racism. It is tied to white supremacists. So Liberals in America try to paint the picture that slavery was a legacy of white America, and they claim that they want to the correct version of the history of slavery to be taught to our children and young adults. Now, I can honestly say I don't have a I don't have a problem with them, you know, teaching slavery and what happened in the South, the history of our, our country and, and the things that occurred even after the abolition of slavery. I don't have a problem with that as long as it's done in an educational context and not in the context of trying to uh, uh, gain, you know, some of the advantages that they're trying to gain by basically alienating people in this country from each other, one group of people from another. Yet liberals want to teach a version of slavery that suits their goals of blaming white America for all the ills in our society. 
And while there was throughout our history in this country actions and practices that we all should be ashamed of, the liberal version of slavery has only one goal, and it's not to enlighten those to whom they teach it. Their sole purpose, in my opinion, is to fracture our society here in America, pitting everyone who is not white against everyone who is. The irony in this is that in many instances, it's white people driving that narrative. And it's also ironic that the very people, Democrats, the Democrat Party, who was the source of so many ills in the South in, in, in the first part of the last century, all the way up through the uh, 1960s, 1970s, maybe even going into the 1980s in the South. The Democrat Party, those were the people that were committing most of those atrocities against, you know, blacks in this country. And in some cases, other races as well. These are the very people. And some of these people are still around that were back in, 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 in a political office back in the uh, early 1970s, 1980s, that had a totally different opinion about things than they do today. It's like they're chameleons. The truth is slavery has been a part of mankind since early on in our civilization. If white people were not the first humans to walk the earth, then you got to blame that slavery idea on some other race. I'm just saying, right? Stories of slavery exist in the Bible, and those stories were not about white people. In fact, slavery existed in Africa long before slaves were brought to North America. As, and that's something that the uh, author in that, uh, in that commentary just stated. Some make the point that slavery still exists in some places in Africa today and other countries like India. Of course, there is the issue of slavery today in the sex trafficking industry. So the subject of slavery is one that is impossible to do justice in, in one or even a, a dozen articles. I mean, you could probably write a number of volumes about slavery. But if you if you're gonna if you're gonna teach slavery, you really need to teach it from its origin. You, if, if you're gonna do it justice, because if you start in the middle of the book, if you start in the middle of the story you're not going to understand the whole concept and how you got to where you were at that point. And when liberals focus just on the aspects that they have determined will benefit them the most politically, they're doing more harm to those they force to endure their skewed version of the subject. They don't do it to enlighten their audience. They do it to harden their hearts and to cloud their minds with hate and distrust. In the end, the only ones to benefit from those misguided efforts are the ones who desire power and control over the future of our country and never want to lose it again. I'm not a historian, and, and I, I will be the first to admit that 
back when I was in school, I, I, I doubt very seriously. And of course, it's been many, many moons ago, so it's hard for me to uh, to even recall what was in my books at that time, except the subjects that I really, really hated. And I and I loved history. But I did hate history and, and having to remember dates. I hated to remember dates and things that happened at certain dates. But anyway, there probably wasn't that much in the history books. And I don't even know, even in the last 10, 15, 20 years, how accurate or how uh, how in-depth they are into those issues of slavery in the United States. I really don't know. I may do some research on that because I, I firmly believe because everything about slavery was on, everything was wrong about slavery from the beginning of time. If you, if you watch uh, the movie 10 commandments, I remember the first time I saw 10 commandments, probably what was this? 1959, 1960, somewhere around in there when it came out, I was a I was a kid, but I was truly impacted by the story of how the Egyptians treated those slaves that they they uh, they basically enslaved to to build their buildings, to build their pyramids, to build their tombs. I thought, how can people be that cruel to each other? So slavery is a cruelty of mankind not just white people in the South. And then as, as you heard in the uh, commentary, uh, commentary I just read, there were uh, freed slaves in America that many of them, when they were free and they got enough money to do so, they bought their own slaves. You will not hear that from liberals or socialists today because that does not do any justice to their narrative. They want you to believe that the only people on this planet earth that ever supported slavery was white Americans. They won't tell you as this author did, or this guy doing the commentary that, uh, that Indians that were on the American continent, what is America today were many of them, had their own slaves from other tribes. And I, I'd never heard that part about the cannibalism part. That was kind of freaky when I, when I read that in the article, I didn't know the Aztecs were cannibals either. So, and that's Mexico. So Mexico had, had a civilization that promoted, utilized slavery. Indians on our continent had tribes that promoted and utilized slavery. And now we know because of this article, if you've never heard it before, it even existed in Canada. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't gloss over anything, but if you're going to talk about slavery in our society, if you're going to talk about it in America, if you're going to talk about it at all, you need to do the whole picture. It's just liberals and socialists here in this country make it seem like one day, you know, 
white people in America decided they, they needed slaves and they're going to start uh, buying slaves from Africa. It didn't start there, folks. That's all I'm saying. Not to justify slavery, not to gloss it over. But if you're going to talk about it, you need to talk about it in the context of how bad it's been since the beginning of mankind, where there were enough people on the earth that people started taking advantage of others, started enslaving others, started abusing others. It's not just a white American problem. That's all I'm saying. All right. I want to thank you for listening and downloading this episode tonight. If you have, if you uh, like this or any of the Tristalk family podcasts, please be sure to follow us. Uh, if you're following us on, uh, if you're listening to this on Podbeam, you know, you can follow us on Podbeam or Spotify, Pandora, um, LinkedIn. Oh gosh. iHeartRadio, Google Chrome. I'm sure I'm going to leave one out here. Uh, Firefox, tune in. And of course you can, uh, you can also listen to the episodes on Twitter and Facebook as well. Don't forget we have a contest going on, uh, these pop-ups here. Geez. Uh, don't forget we have a contest going on, uh, for the next three weeks. And, um, if tomorrow, tomorrow's, show with Dennis Lee, which is Thursday night show is live. It's the only live show that we're doing right now. And, uh, if you'll join us early on in the show, when we first get started, you'll get the details on how to win a copy of Mark Levin's new book, American socialism. Um, we'll be giving that away. We'll be giving away one of those books each of the three weeks uh, that we're running the contest. And we might even throw in a Trice Talk mug with that as well. Hey, there's there's a deal breaker right there, right? Um, so, like I said, be sure and join us at the beginning of the episode tomorrow night so you can have an opportunity uh, to hear the details on how you can win a copy of Mark Levin's book and maybe a mug. I hope you'll join me again. Uh, until then, keep your eyes open and your mind sharp. Stay safe, everybody. Well, it's all.
somewhere down the road away. Somewhere down the road when somebody plays